0: Go to the Lord when you need insight and when you feel insecure, because what I have found hands down is that when you go to God, he does give you wisdom. He does give you perspective in a way that is only from him. It's not wisdom from other people. They might be helpful, Mm -hmm. but God truly does have the answer for your, um, for your situation that you're struggling with.
1: Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast, where you'll find tips, encouragement, and resources to help you thrive in the midlife. Join us on Instagram at Midlife Moms Podcast or our Facebook group, Midlife Moms Community. Welcome to the Midlife Moms Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. My name is Amelia Rhodes, and with me today is our co-host, Brenda Yoder. Good morning. Good to see you. I'm glad to see you too. We're recording in person again together. We had so much fun that I came back to Brenda's house and we're sitting on her porch. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the sunshine, maybe hear the birds chirp.
0: But it's a beautiful day and we're glad you're here with us. Yeah, I'm glad here too, because this is one of my favorite spots out here on my porch. So we're
1: gonna have a good conversation today. But before we jump into the topic, which is insecurity as a mom, which is one of those things we have big feelings about. Mm -hmm. What's making you laugh, Brenda?
0: Well I had a laughing moment a few weeks ago and no one was there to share it with me. So I will be very vulnerable, but also real to share with you. Um, I very overtly peed my pants the other week (laughs) and I wish I could say it was because I sneezed or because usually sneezing is what does it, but I don't know what happened. I was, I guess my bladder was like over full and I was rushing around doing things. And I was like, what was that? (laughs) This ties together so many of the topics we've talked about in this
1: season, of right? Aging and vulnerability and
0: health, health <laughs> which you know, I've had four kids, um, all regular. So um that's all I'm gonna say about that. But <laughs> I what I did have to think though, which is kind of what I think often is, in those laughing moments. There's no one there to share that with. Like, I'm not going to share that on social media. Now here I am sharing it on a podcast, but it's a few weeks later and, you know, I can laugh at it now, but there was no one there to laugh with. And it definitely was a very funny midlife mom moment. So this is a good place to plug
1: our Facebook group, midlife moms community and podcast. If you are not a member in the podcast, look that up on Facebook. We'll link to it in the notes because that is a place we can share those kinds of things With each other. And what I've enjoyed about the group in the coming in the past few weeks is how much it's become a place where women are encouraging each other. It's not Mm -hmm. just Brenda and Kim and I as the group leaders encouraging the women in the group, but it's really become a community.
0: Yeah, I have seen
1: of sharing these kinds of things and encouraging each yeah.
0: other. Yeah, and Kim um Kim Mischler is one who shares kind of our laughter, praise, encouragement stuff on Wednesdays. And she's a hoot. She's actually a Christian comedian and so um she has really shared um some very funny um some funny memes and things on Wednesday. So we'd love to have you join us, join us,
1: search midlife mom's community and podcast, or the link in the show notes, Mm -hmm. the description of this podcast. We'd love to have you join us.
0: Yeah. So let's get started. So today is my laughing matter. Oh, I'm
1: my, I have to share what my laughing matter is. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to save
0: that for the next. Oh,
1: we usually each share one, don't we? I think so. It's our own podcast. Yes. And episode nine. We forget how we do it. No, I just yes. had uh, my husband dropped a bag of emotional support candy in my work bag this week during a big day. And I get to work and I open my bag and I just started laughing because oh. he knew it was going to be a big day and there'd be lots of emotions. I intended after the big meeting to only eat a few of them. And I ate the whole bag. <laughs>
0: just, you know, the mini size. Yeah. But but I, and I was, you had shared that on Instagram and actually in the group, she had shared in the group first. And I had asked her if I could share that on Instagram because, um, that, that is such a cool thing that I actually had it labeled like emotional support and they were peanut butter m ms which he knows
1: knows is my favorite, but it was funny to hear how many other women had eaten the emotional support candy, that same bag. So Way to go, M&M's. Yes, good job. and good
0: good job, husband. <laughs> so let's jump in to our topic. Yeah, today we're talking about insecurity, and this could probably could be a whole season itself, I think, but we talked about being insecure as a midlife woman, and today we're going to focus on insecurity as a midlife mom. And what I love is we've just been chatting a little bit, talking about the topics we really want to hit today mm-hmm. on this podcast is... Um, the fact that as you are midlife, your kids are also at a stage where they are growing um, and they're changing and their independence is starting to really um, be the primary focus in their development. And so most people in midlife either have teens, have young adults or have adult children. Mm -hmm. Um, And, as we were just chatting, Amelia, share just where you're struggling right now, because, um, because I've been there Mm -hmm. all there and I've been there with teens, young adults, and um, a lot of things are happening that make us feel insecure. So just go ahead and jump in. Well, I've had this whole switch with my kids and I feel like there
1: has been a switch that has flipped with both of them where they're very much asserting their independence. Mm -hmm. And as I see this happening, I know this is good, and healthy and part of their development but at the same time it's like i'm taking the brunt of it so mm-hmm. anything i say or do i feel like i'm i'm wrong like it's mm-hmm. never the right thing and i've i'm insecure i've never raised teens before i've learned a lot from you brenda over the years and friends but it's this very the roles have shifted mm-hmm. the roles have shifted and i find myself a little bit of whiplash. And, you know, my advice, my encouragement, you know, doesn't mean as much to them anymore. Mm-hmm. And and it shouldn't yet in the same ways while they're developing and growing their independence. And I've heard this from other moms, they're developing, growing their independence, their brains aren't fully developed mm-hmm. yet. So they don't always know healthy ways to exert mm-hmm. their independence. And it sometimes comes across as mean
0: it, or rude. Yeah, it does. I think we, we actually wrote that word down rude. Um, so a couple of, um, factual points, which is not only is the brain not fully developed, but actually in early teen years, especially the emotional, impulsive side of the brain is actually growing faster than the logical problem-solving side of the brain. And I was actually talking to my own um, fifth-grade students about this the other day, as we were talking about their transition from fifth grade to sixth grade and kind of helping them prepare for middle school. And rude is probably the number one word that I think can define if you are parenting a 13 14 a 12 13 14 or 15 year old 14 13 14 15 are the hardest years
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I i've it's been what I've experienced with my own four kids it's what I tell people in the counseling office all the time but those are rough years mm-hmm. and I think when I taught high school I taught juniors and seniors and they seem to level out a little bit more then because that independence, That comes with driving, and you've got a new driver, all of those things really start clicking for them, and they actually can start looking towards their own future. But when you're just in junior high and freshman and sophomore year, you still are governed so much by your parents, but they really are wanting not just independence, but autonomy, right? And autonomy is a big, um, is another big part of that development, because autonomy is them being separate Mm -hmm. from us. And I was just chatting with you beforehand, which is something that I've realized as my kids have left home, not just as young adults, but then in big milestones, like when, um, when my son who got married, um, I'll just never forget, we opened up their gifts you know, after their honeymoon, he had our, our house and then he and his wife drove away and I watched them drive away. And I realized like, he's driving away to his house now, right? Like, like no longer is no longer like that was a big drive away. And what I've realized is that as your kids develop their autonomy and their independence, um, you still always have kind of this internal string that is, always attached to them. Mm -hmm. And my husband and I have talked about this recently. He said that, um, when my son was home, um, the last couple of years while he was in high school and I traveled a lot speaking, he, he got a glimpse of realizing that when he was a sole person responsible for him, he thought about him a lot. Like he, he always felt like he was on call. And I was like, oh, that's how moms are our whole life. Right because from the moment that baby is conceived inside of us, everything about us physically is never separate from that child. Mm-hmm. Everything we eat, we hear their, um, we feel their, um, their movements. And then once they are birthed, we still are the ones who are emotionally even more so than physically kind of responsible for that. Mm-hmm. And so there comes with this, in healthy environments, this
1: really unconditional love Mm -hmm. that children in healthy environments and teens in healthy environments know that mom will always love them no matter what I do or say Mm -hmm. or how I treat them. And, and there can be this thing where moms take the brunt of Mm -hmm. their assertiveness, their shortness, their rudeness. Mm -hmm. And It can almost feel like you're the rock in the storm and their life can be very stormy and there's all these things going on and you're the one that's just continually taking that beating of the storm. Yeah. Their emotions, their feelings, their their not knowing what to do with how they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And so just wanna recognize that in the season when you've got your own storm raging, your own changing hormones, your own Mm -hmm. health things happening, it feels very unfair. That they are too. Right. And you take the, the brunt of it. And so I've tried to learn to see this almost as an honor to be mm-hmm. the rock in the storm, taking the beating sometimes of all of that because they know that you're the safe place.
0: Yeah. I didn't know that when my firstborn was going through her junior high years, um, junior high, freshman, sophomore were the roughest. And it, we had a rough patch with both of us. And I remember I was teaching at the time and uh, we had had some argument that morning before coming to school. And I just, I just popped into my colleague's, um, room to ask for prayer because I was going to have to be on call all day with my, you know, teenagers, um, in a school. And my colleague said, even I, I was like, you know, I probably said, um, she probably said she hates me or something like that that morning. And she said, even though she's pushing you away, um, she still needs you. And I, and I asked, how could that be? Because that's what it felt like. And I think for all of us, really, as our kids become teens and young adults and adults, that's what they're doing to mom. They're pushing us away because they, they don't want mom, they don't want to be tied to our apron strings. They really do want their own thoughts, their own decisions, um, their own life outside of mom. But on our side, um, it's a tearing away and it hurts mm-hmm. and then we tend to think um you know there's a couple thoughts i know that i've had which is how dare you how dare you treat me this way like i'm your mom and don't you know that i love you and 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 how like how many nights i'm up crying or praying for you or worrying about you and yet this is how you talk to me and then there's the other side of actual insecurity which is how in the world do I do this? And I know I have been there every single stage. And with every child, it's a little bit different too. Mm -hmm. It really is
1: different with each kid because they have different needs, different personalities, different ways of responding. Yeah. We had a situation in our house this week that was just a huge miscommunication that happens when the teen years and you have you know, not enough cars or not enough drivers, and everybody needs to be somewhere different at the same time. Mm -hmm. So we thought we had worked out the logistics. And then we showed up to this event at school. And there was this surprise for all of us, like none of us, our student didn't know, we didn't know that this event was going to be much longer Mm -hmm. than we thought. And it meant the other child, this child was not going to make it to where they really wanted to go after Mm -hmm. the event. And So there was this miscommunication in that it turns out the child could leave during the event. Like when their part was done, they could have left and there's no cell signal at the school. It was Mm -hmm. just this perfect storm of miscommunication, nobody's fault. But we ended up with one kid who was just Mm -hmm. really disappointed and we were disappointed for them and we felt bad, but it was truly nobody's fault. Right. And so we were left with this just really yucky feeling that night of, oh, we're all so sorry, you know, that it happened. And I remember thinking, I don't know what to do. Like, I, I don't, I can't fix this. right I can't make it better. Right. And so there's this insecurity of, you know, when you could fix it and make it better, you could kiss the boo-boo, right. you could hug, you could cuddle them on your lap and, and
0: make it better. And now you can't. No, and I think I think there's two things that I was thinking of as insecurities as we were talking, and one is just that, and and from my experience, but then also having um, written Fledge and and having those conversations with moms who are in that stage of kids leaving and parenting young adults is um, the insecure part comes in that we now are not the ones who fix our children's problems. Mm-hmm whether they are accidents, kind of like the one that you just walked through or um, something that happens to our child from another person or something that they are living because of their own choices and consequences. And I've seen it as I interact with women, even women in their 80s and 90s. I think it's a lifelong thing for moms of um, the inability, to be able to have the influence and control and, and quick fix for things then that we also carry. Right. So I think that's part of it. And that's what I heard you saying is that you felt bad for kind of what happened. Um, It was all a mistake. There was no one to blame, but you still couldn't make not only your child happy and feel better, but even yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think one of the keys that I learned this week and
1: uh, talking to another mom is we carry that much longer than our kids do. Yeah. Like I could tell the next morning, my child had moved on and it was fine. Yeah. And I was still feeling really yucky. And there's that insecurity, I think that goes with that. Of yeah, We carry it much longer. Yeah it's maybe bigger for us sometimes than
0: yeah, it is for them. Well, it is. And I think that's important to talk about because I know for myself, um, I have been worried about things with my kids over the years, especially when they're teenagers, when they have kind of moved on. And so then that's where we, as moms, then we're kind of there in the background. like you know, we're kind of hovering over them being like, are you okay? What about this? And, um, and especially boys will be like, mom, like it's done, like, right. Move on. And there's this picture of hovering that kids really don't, as they're getting older, want moms, they really don't want them hovering. Now, some kids may the hovering, the type of, you know, really have a, a good type of relationship where they really do, um, want moms input and things like that. So it's, again, it's different for every family, every child. Mm -hmm. One thing that I've learned is that boys tend to push moms away earlier. I think when I read Raising Boys by Dr. Dobson, um, around 13 is the typical age where boys naturally start pushing moms away. And in my own job as a school counselor for Mm -hmm. Um, Elementary students, I've actually been talking with a couple of moms recently who are really struggling with their fifth grade boys because they're, they're being so um, assertive and rude to their moms Mm -hmm. again, first time, first child. So it's new to them. Moms don't know how to handle it, but it's so normal, but it's hard. It is hard. So I think that's key to remember. It's normal. You're
1: not the only one going through it. These are the internal insecurities we may not voice to someone else. And it's normal to remember that. Um, Another thing that we have talked about as far as insecurity is when there is a dad in the picture, a good Mm -hmm. and healthy dad, there can be this insecurity of they enjoy dad and have a lot more fun with dad than mom. Mm -hmm. Even if dad is. and often is still involved in the, you know, you need to like with the discipline or Mm -hmm. the urging or the prompting, like you need to play your part in the house and all. Right. Um, And so that's, that's an area of insecurity. I think even in good and healthy relationships
0: of, wow, they have a lot more fun with dad and they enjoy dad a lot more than they do me. (laughs) Yeah. Because we, again, we are the one that they're detaching from the most. And, and like I said before, a mother's attachment, emotional attachment to our children is much stronger than a man's attachment. It's not that men aren't attached or that they don't love them, but it's, it's that, you know, we all know men tend to think compartmentally. So, right. right? So men go to work. They, they don't really think about their kids as much during work. Whereas no matter where we go, our children are always kind of on our hearts, on our minds, even if we're not consciously thinking of them, they, they literally are kind of with us wherever we go. And so, um, so all of those interactions and their surliness affects us emotionally. And one thing that my kids have said more than once is mom don't take it personally. And that's been something that has come up in the last couple of years that they didn't say so much in high school, but my adult children are saying when I tend to kind of come back and have more of a conversation about, did I do something wrong? Or what about this? Or like, mom, like, don't take it personally. I was just, you know, they were, they were in a irritable mood. And I think that's part of us. What we need to remember with our teens, especially. And young adults is that their moods are changing so much. Like if we think we're insecure and our hormones are changing and we're 40 something or 50 something, can you imagine being a teenager where you're really, your brain is developing. You really do want independence and autonomy, but good grief. You're still a kid. And there's so much, I think, insecurity and fear that
1: could come with that of, I have to be on my, I'm going to be on my own. I got to take care of myself. Yes. And so I think this is just a great place to land This episode with that takeaway action of one, like don't take it personally. Yeah. So hard. Maybe like write that on your mirror, but learn to not take it personally. And to then also see from their perspective of their insecurity and Mm -hmm. their own things that they're dealing with to help you remember not to take it personally.
0: Yeah. And I think my last thing that I would just share, because I think we really could talk on this for like a a like a a whole season. Um, But one thing just to remember as moms is that really from here on out, um, you will feel insecure because as you walk with your adult children, there will be things happening in their lives that you've never experienced before. You don't have a playbook for. And that's where having older women around, but also your relationship with Christ is first and foremost, Um, just as we finish here, I just have often in my own experience, um, we had the hardest years in the, with our, with our first couple of kids, of course, because it was our first one, right? Our first one or, or several, but um, go to the Lord when you need insight And when you feel insecure, because what I have found hands down is that when you go to God, he does give you wisdom. He does give you perspective in a way that is only from him. It's not wisdom from other people. They might be helpful, Mm -hmm. but God truly does have the answer for your, um, for your situation that you're struggling with. That's a great reminder and great
1: place to land to not try and find your security and your identity as a mom, but to go to the Lord and find your security and who he says you are. Yep. And that's a beloved daughter. Well, thank you so much for joining us today for this episode, which could have been a whole season. Maybe it will be someday on insecurity. Just a reminder to join us in our Facebook group, Midlife Moms Community and Podcast. And if you're on Instagram, follow us at Midlife Moms Podcast. We have some great conversations there as well. And we would love to hear from you. We hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.